Good morning, Crossroads. How are you? All right. Happy Mother's Day. If you're a mother, thank you so much. And if you are just absolutely shocked because it's the first time you heard it's Mother's Day, do not make eye contact with your mom or your wife. There's still time. Don't worry. And moms, we've got a gift for you in the back we want you to pick up on the way out. So we've got that, and that's time to kind of think about where you're taking your wife or your mother out to lunch, too. So be good to go there. But let's have a round of applause for moms. All right, my name's Justin. The last thing I want to um, announce, but really it's a thank you, and it's for the baptism we had last week. We had 26 people give their lives to Christ last Sunday. Yeah. If you, if you got to join us, we had some really great food. It was a beautiful day. We had uh, lots of people here. It was a really great opportunity. So thanks to everybody that helped us put that together. Please join me in prayer. All right, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for moms. Thank you that uh, mothers are a part of your grand design and plan, Lord. We're just very grateful for that and to be a part of that. And thank you for, for each mother that's here, Lord. And for those that have gone before us, those that aren't here with us today, Lord, in, in person, we're just so grateful for them too, Lord. So we just thank you. Lord, we know that your hand's on this message today and Nick as he delivers it. So we just ask that our minds and hearts be open um, to your word today, Lord, and that you'll have us take each bit of it and what you want us to hear that we will hear and uh, we'll walk away just more informed, Lord, and just closer to you. That's what we're here for. So it's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. We always have. Because you have a special way of saying things. Things like, don't touch that. What happened to this room? I don't care what kind of phone they have. Because they love you, that's why. I'm not asking you again. Get back in there and brush them right. No, I don't want to see the trick you can do with your eyelids. Can anybody flush around here? Leftovers. Deal with it. You can keep asking, but the answer is still no. I'm in the bathroom! Please just give me one minute. You are 16. For the love of all that is holy, put on some clothes. Three dozen cupcakes by when? Math homework. Yay. Let's both take a deep breath. When is the last time you took a shower? Please do not lick me. Not fair. The fair comes in October. It's a good thing you're cute. Did you wash your hands? How can we be out? I just bought a whole week's worth of groceries. You cut what with the good scissors? That was your teacher on the phone. Why pay that kind of money when I can sew you a dress? I believe in you. You can do this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a great plan and a big purpose for your life. Don't forget that. Hey, Mom, we do hear you. Now heal us. We love you. We're so thankful for all the things you say. And all that you do for us. Even if we don't always show it. Happy Mother's Day. Get to bed, I'm tired. Oh, I hear you, Mom. <laughs> didn't always do what you said. I didn't always obey. I didn't always listen. But I hear you. And I know that you love me. 
Thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. It's, uh, what a treat. Hey, guys, my name's Nick. Great to see you. Thanks for being here. This is, what a treat. We, moms are the best. They really are. And getting to see it from the other side, um, not as a mom, obviously, but uh, watching a really great mom, you see they're the best. My mom, she did a lot of disciplining, a lot of grounding, a lot of what were you thinking conversations. <laughs> and I realize now how much energy that probably took. Thanks, Mom. You know, it's not uncommon for moms and dads to, to set you up for an event that's about to happen. I remember the first day of school, I had a Power Rangers t-shirt on. Um, my favorite was the white one or the green one. Not that it matters, but something like that. And, and walked in, and, and I was really... And, and so they, like, prepare you, like, hey, this is going to happen. Do you have your backpack? Did you brush your teeth? Did you eat breakfast? Do you have any shoes on? Yeah, Mom. Mm, mm, mm. No. Oh, they, moms love and care about you and think about these details, and they make sure you know what you need to know because they, they care about you. They love you. They are doing life with you. Moms are in with their kids so often, and it is so great. And they do their best to make sure that they're aware of what's coming, how they are supposed to act, how they're supposed to act, where they're going, where they come from, and what is expected of them while they're away from their parents. Today, we're talking about Jesus going to heaven. When Jesus leaves, he, he, was, he was here, he died, he came back to life, he spent 40 days with the disciples and, other, and others, telling and teaching and showing and guiding, making sure they had their shoes, <laughs> and then he goes up to heaven. He just goes. The disciples maybe were surprised they left. I, I was surprised my mom left me at kindergarten the first day. Huh? She actually left me. Hmm. She'll be back. You know, and, that's, and that's where we're at today with, in this story, in the beginning of the book of Acts, which was written by a guy named Luke. Luke was, a, he was described as a first-rate historian. He also wrote the book of Luke, one of the Gospels, and he has been, his writings have been validated because he's very detailed. It looks like he was commissioned by someone to, to go and study these things and report on them. And he was described as a first-rate historian, uh, validated through archaeology and other ancient writings. What, what he wrote is, that's a good, that's a good report, is, is what everybody keeps saying. So what we're going to cover today is just nine verses in the first chapter of the book of Acts, which is, is the story of God acting out in us and us acting out with the, the Spirit of God. And what a, what a fun few weeks it's going to be. But today, just the first nine verses, and, and we'll take a look at them first. These are the first five. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen disciples further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He, he showed up and he's like, hey guys, come, come touch me. Look, I, I'm really real. He ate, he, he taught, he discussed, he did more miracles while he was here. He, he made sure they knew. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. 
John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The, the word, he, he, you know, he's telling, he's telling him, wait, go wait for something, something that's real, something that's going to be a, a change. The word baptizo is very similar to the word bapto. I don't know if anybody here makes pickles, but when you make a pickle, you first dip it in boiling water to clean it. And that's just a temporary cleaning, a, a temporary change, if you will, of, called bapto. That's, that's the Greek word bapto. The word here is baptizo. That's what you do when you put it in the vinegar and leave it soaking in the vinegar and a permanent change gets made. So he says, go and wait to be baptizoed, to be changed permanently, to be pickled, if you will. And, and then he goes on, <laughs> six through nine. I like pickles. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I, I thought that was neat. Our kingdom. Has the time come for you to restore our kingdom? This is going to be great. We're ready. And Jesus replied, it's not time yet. The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know or me to know, me personally to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. They're talking about bringing the kingdom, all right. And Jesus says, you're going to stay here and you are going to be my witnesses. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. They, you bet they were keeping their eyes on Jesus. He, he just had come back from the dead. They watched him do these things for three years. They watched him die painfully, and then, and then they, he was here with them for 40 days. He explained why it had to go this way. He explained, this is, well, now that you see me risen and alive, maybe you're ready to understand. He explained why it had to go this way. They were, they were had new understanding. They were just blown away by this, and, and now he's leaving. Where he, there he goes. He's gone. And they're, they're, he's gone, and they're still looking. And, and they're like, oh, I don't think he's there. Where? Maybe that's it. No, that's a cloud. No. And, and then two angels show up next to him, and they say, they, they, they come up and, and they say, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Just as they were on the Mount of Olives, a real physical place just outside of the city of Jerusalem. They, they were standing there. That, it, the Mount of Olives is still there. The angels are telling them, he's going to come back just like he left. Why are you sitting here staring? He won't be able to miss it when he comes back. And didn't he give, a job, give you a job to do? And so here they are. He left them. They know he's going to come back. But he, he's gone now. And they're still here but he hasn't actually left them. And that's, that's the point of today, and this is really exciting. He, he came, and he, he, he had died. Remember, he died. They said, he's dead. It's over. This is it. He came back to life, and he explained to them, this is everything that had to happen. It had to be this way. And, it, and Luke says, in, in the book of Luke at the end, he says, Jesus showed up, and he walked with the disciples and explained to them from the Old Testament why it had to be this way and why it had to happen like this. Because... It's funny, here Jesus is again saying what is happening now is meant to happen. This is the purpose. This is the way it has always been expected to go. So don't worry, I have not left you. So while they were confused, Jesus reminded them of these things. Before he left, he reminded them that our thoughts are nothing like his thoughts. He reminded them that, that, 
I'm God and you guys aren't. Don't forget about that. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, the heaven that we all can't wait to be a part of, and it's bigger and better than us, so are his ways better than our ways. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his ways. You know, when I first learned about airplanes and, and saw how they could fly, it was just magic to me. And I thought they were the coolest things ever. And that kicked off a, just a crazy path of skydiving and other nonsense. But it was just so neat to me how it worked. And I didn't fully understand it. And then I went to college and totally understood how it all worked. And it wasn't quite as neat. And the neat thing about the kingdom of God is we will never fully understand it. There will always be some whoa, some awe involved with it that we just get to enjoy knowing that it is so bigger and so much greater than us. And he also reminded us that we're troublemakers. (laughs) Guys, you guys are troublemakers. I like to remind Jack of that sometimes. But he reminded us about our hearts, how they aren't like God. We all aspire and want to be close to him and know him and spend eternity with him, but we forget that we naturally, on our own, aren't like him. He, he, reminds, us, he, he reminds us the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked, who really knows how bad it is. You know, why does he say deceitful, I wonder? Because if... Think about this. Why is the human heart deceitful? And, and this is, this is what, what I think here is we will come up with our good intentions, our good purposes. We will, we will say this is the way to live a good life. This is the way to raise our kids right. This is the way to be a good husband, a good wife, a good mom. Here's a good way to be a good friend, a good worker. And we aspire to do these things, but we screw it up. In our passions, in our desires, in our excitement, we go overboard and we do something. We're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or I wish I hadn't done that. And then we'll rationalize it, of course. And say, well, at least I'm not that bad. But we, our hearts deceive us and we do things we don't always want to do. We do things that we know we shouldn't do. And God's reminding us that that's missing it. And, and he also reminds us that while he is a just God and he loves us, he gives all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Our hearts will deceive us and our actions will follow that. And, and God, being a just God, he loves justice. He loves justice. So uh, I, I think about Zoe. She's our three-year-old. We have a six, four, three, and a two. And, um, and each year they, they go. So it's like we'll have six, five, four, three, two, and then it's seven. And it's just a fun step. But anyways, the, the three right now, she loves her fuzzy blanket. So I, I, I could say Zoe loves her fuzzy blanket. So what does that mean? It, it means at bedtime, that fuzzy blanket is always there. So here, when, when, uh, when he wrote, for I, the Lord, love justice, he's saying justice will be there. And he, remember, guys, we, are, we aren't like God. We have done things that deserve punishment. If Jack whacks Zoe in the head, he's going to be in trouble. There's something coming. And so God is reminding us that we miss that standard and that we deserve that justice, but God is so good, so ready, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for his help. He's ready to do this. He's ready to give us a different, a new heart. Jesus is reminding the disciples, and they probably had a pretty good handle on this one, that God wants, but he's explaining, it is your heart that I'm after. I will give them a singleness of heart. I will put a new spirit in them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. I will change that heart. I will melt it and make it new. Give it a new one so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people 
and I will be their God. So he's, he's setting this up, and, and I don't know exactly which verses he used. I just picked some from the Old Testament. As, as it said, he referenced the entire Old Testament to do this. But something like this is probably what he said, but here's the most important thing he had to explain to them. You know, it would set up the understanding of, of our current status, where we're at, who God is, how much he loves us. But here's the part that they had to understand, how he did it. We covered this on Easter and how he did it. Because there is no forgiveness without a way. It's the way it works. And Jesus made it work. Jesus is what that forgiveness is based on, his sacrifice. When talking about Jesus, how Jesus took the punishment that we deserved, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. When Jesus sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. The verses leading up to that says, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. It was... God's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Because that is the forgiveness was based on Jesus, what Jesus had done, the punishment that he had taken. Jesus came here to live with us, to be a part of it with us, and then to take our punishment. You know, imagine what it says to Zoe when Jack steps in and says, Well, you know, guys, give me give me Zoe's punishment. I, I, you know, I, I know that all this went on, but let me take that for her. And Zoe's like, wow, Jack, thanks. And then she's like, all right, I can do it again. And he'll, no, no, it's just, but the, the, he's there with them, taking that, showing them it had to be me. And what does he do? He, he, he did it to bring us to him, to make us friends of God, to be reconciled to God. Jesus was describing the, the, the disciples, the apostles understood he wants to be close to us. He wants to be around us because, yes, he died and he was gone, but here he is with us, taking the time, showing us the holes in his hands, the holes in his sides, proving to us that he is alive. And, and he's making sure they understand, I had to take that. It's not just everybody gets out of jail for free. And I want to be your friends. I want you to be friends of mine. I want to be reconciled. That means there's no longer the split or the chasm that is caused by, by perfect, awesome, holy, and sin because sin is the exact opposite of God and our hearts are deceitful and they put us on this side over here. You know, many of you, if you get to heaven and I show up as I am, you're going to be pretty upset. You're going to say, what? He gets to be here. I know I might look okay sometimes for a few moments when you just see me for an hour every now and then. But if you get to know me, if Miss Amber gets to heaven, she runs the childcare upstairs. She knows us pretty well. If she walks into heaven and I'm there just like this, she's out. <laughs> this isn't heaven. And she would be right. She would be totally right because I am nothing like God. But we are made new by what Jesus did by him being there and doing these things. Because all of us used to live that way, separated and different from God, following our passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, following our hearts and our hearts alone. By our very nature, because of that, we're subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. 
He raised us along with Christ and seated us with him because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. There, there's that witnesses part again. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. You know, that was a lot, wasn't it? That was a, that was a big meat, or a big chunk of meat that I put in there. Because God is a lot, and he is a lot for us, and he wants to be with us. You know, I can be a very energetic person. I can be a lot, I've been told, and, and people don't always want to be around me for long periods of time, and I understand that. And God is very involved in his lives, in our lives. God is very involved in our lives as he speaks to them, as he instructs them, as he inspires them, which is really impressive when you consider how different and how, and how ugly and rotten we are compared to God, hence the amazing gift and power in what Jesus did. But what is really striking to me, not surprising, but striking, is how many times we reject his desire for us to come and to know him. We decide, that's a lot for me. That's too much for me. And so we, we will decide, no. Even when he says, come on, <laughs> come on over. And, and he and he's promising great, good things. He says, come on, I have a better way. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I want to take a pause there. I don't know if you guys remember Thomas. He, he, he didn't believe it when the disciples told him, Jesus is, is alive, he's back, he's real. He's like, no, nope. no, nope, he's not. He's not, don't you say that, he's not alive. I won't believe it until I put my hands, my fingers through the holes in his hands and I see the thing in his side. I won't believe it. He did, he was, you imagine how he felt, his, the guy who he thought was his savior, the Messiah. All of a sudden when he died, they didn't understand this yet. They were, they were dejected and, and hurt and abandoned. And Thomas said, no, I won't believe it. He was carrying a heavy weight. They thought salvation was here. They thought the Messiah was here, and then he was gone, and they were, they were just devastated, as Thomas was, carrying a huge weight. And then Jesus showed up to Thomas and said, look, see, look at me. He's going to prove it to him. He didn't have to, but he did, because that's Jesus. That's who he is. And so when he did that, Thomas goes, and he does just that. Jesus says, here, put your fingers through here. And, and Thomas, he said, my Lord and my God. At that moment, that instant, that change, that shift, he understood what was before him, and he all of a sudden had rest for his soul. And then, and then the following, take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This is neat. I'm, I'm going back in time from the ascension here to the things Jesus was telling and teaching them and preparing them for. He prepared them. He didn't just kick them out the door like a parent, like someone who loves us. He's preparing them and telling them, take up my yoke. 
and, and do it the way I'm doing it, and you will have rest for your souls. But it's not surprising that we don't just all jump on board because our, our hearts, our natural ways are, are stubborn and stony and prideful. We, we think, I think, I, I, I can say this boldly because I, I was the worst and still am in many ways. I think I can figure it out on my own. And because, you know, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not a dummy. And, and things are going pretty okay for me. You know, you could always point back to some things and some hitches and some glitches. But overall, hey, I'm okay. Leave me alone. Let me figure this out. I, I'll get this. I'm pretty all right. I'm a lot better than the other guy. And, and so we think we're pretty good at, at doing these things. And we don't want to, or, or even more so, even if we've got like a, okay, maybe I do need a little bit of help. We don't know how to let anybody or anything be in control of us, to guide us. Because what does Jesus say? He says, let, let me do it. Take up my yoke. Follow me. We don't know how to do that. We, we see these words, and, and it's, what does that mean, take up my yoke upon you? He, right there, he's referring to like a thing that you put ox on, like you put on like oxen and they do a plow. So, okay, but what does that mean for me in my life? How do I do that? How do I put that into practice? And once again, I, I, that's kind of confusing, and I think I'm doing okay. But, okay, if I am going to let someone drive my thoughts, my actions, I, and my life, I, I want to be sure they can drive. You know, before any of my kids get in the car, they're going to go through, well, that's not true, we're just going to let them go for it. But, um, but if I was going to drive my life, I want to make sure they know what they're doing. When I would do anything with someone and they were nervous, they would always ask me about my credentials. Do you really know what you're doing? Are you sure? And I think that's great, and that's wonderful. You know, Jesus came back, and, and he continues to show us that he can drive. We have, we have proof of, of the ascension. We have proof of his life. We have proof, proof of his death. But we also have something different, something else that's happening now and here today. We have the church that exists as it does today. Where did that come from? It was founded on principles that, that natural selection or evolution would tell you are bogus. Because the ways of God are not like us. They are different. But look at what it's done in the world. Look at how it has changed the world. And we're here now in a, in a town with all these churches because of God knowing how to drive and it being real and real awesome. But And so when we start to see that, we start to see what goes on there. It it really starts to change our hearts when we actually see that. Zoe, this is an illustration for this. Zoe, my three-year-old, she is funny. She, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Let's just say that. Um, she's really fun. And she, she does not like hugs unless she wants hugs. Ben, her little brother, loves to give hugs if you don't want hugs. And so... and. I won't try to make the face, but she just, if Ben comes at her to give her a hug and she doesn't want him close, she, no, no, she starts kicking and screaming, get away from me, ah, ah, and, and Ben just, he loves that. <laughs> he comes in, he gives the biggest hug, and so the, I wish I'd taken a moment to take a picture, but he gives the biggest hug, his face is on her face, and he's smiling with his eyes closed, and, and she is kicking and screaming, and, and, and you can see 
over a few moments, depending on how determined Ben might be. You see her, her, her start to change a little bit. She starts to realize that she's enjoying it, and this is funny and fun, but she doesn't want to let on. So you'll see her face start to go from screaming to smiling, and then if she sees us seeing her smile, she buries her head and tries to get back into screaming mode because we're stony and stubborn, and we don't want to open up. But we can see, you can watch Zoe's heart start to melt in those situations and embrace what's going on and, and to love him back. And when we see the power, the work of God, when we see him like right there with us, like, hey, I'm right here, come on. Because he's ready to forgive any who will come and ask. It melts our hearts. It melted mine. The, the person you see now and the person there was, there was a lot of heart melting and totally different. I'm still ugly. still a lot of some funny stuff going on, but we'll get there. But when he melts your heart, what else do you do but say, no more of that old stuff. My old self is gone, is out. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is where the disciples were at. God came back down. He melted Thomas's heart again. He, he, he continued to show, to instruct, to feed them. He, he kept performing miracles. He kept showing that he was God, and, and they were just so excited and thrilled. And the disciples, they were ready. They were ready to go up to heaven. Forget about all the people that didn't know Jesus. This is, we know Jesus. They've rejected you. Hey, that's their problem. You know, that, that's not necessarily how they felt, but they were ready to go. Remember, are you here to set up our kingdom? <laughs> I love that. Their hearts had been melted, and they were ready to go. But then Jesus reiterated this. He said, go. There are more hearts to melt. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And this is, this is going back to Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's telling us to be been there, guys. He's telling us to be been to a bunch of Zoes who are stubborn and prideful and don't want anything to do with it because that's what Jesus did. He came down and, and he, he did it with us. He showed us how to do it. He came back and he sent them back to go out and save the world. This is the beginning of the church. This is the beginning of the movement that started things like the Salvation Army, the, the beginning of things that started the, the mercy ships that go out, the beginning of things that started so much good and great stuff in the world. And now we, 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 we've seen those things, whether we're accepting, acknowledging God or not, and we see that those are good and we still push those because they're good and great. But this was the start of a movement of loving and serving and doing things in a radically different and new way. He set that up, and then he left. There he goes. But he left us to do this, to be a witness to the stubborn and stony world full of Zoes. But this is the Spirit of God that, that went with them, the one he told them would come. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
There is no law against these things. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. As you know, the Spirit is called acting out. Our goal, our purpose is to let this act out in our lives. You know, when we, like, like Bill said yesterday or last week, you know, kids, they act up, they act out, they get in trouble. And God's telling us to go against the grain of the world, act up and act out with, this, with my spirit in you and with you. Not just copying what I'm doing, but I'm here with you because I love you. So yes, Jesus left. He went up to heaven, but he did not leave us empty-handed. So your life, is a witness. Your testimony is a witness. Your actions are a witness. Your words, they are a witness. Because as you do these things, as you pursue these things with this spirit in you and driving you, it's different. This, this is a Bible verse that is always close to me. This is my favorite litmus test reminder of what's going on in my heart at these moments as we go through life used to be uh, actually on a piece of paper that I would tape to the wall in the living room. And it's easy to tell when you're, when you're rejecting this one, when you're being stony and stubborn against this one. But when you're not, and you let it run, when you tell someone what Jesus has done for you, you are being a witness to something real, something that could melt their hearts and change their lives. When you say, I'm sorry, and work hard to consider how someone else feels, you're being a witness. When you reach out to help someone on the side of the road and in a hard time at work, in the home, you're being a witness. And it's true. We are so unequipped to do this. That's why Jesus made such a big deal about you will be changed by my spirit. You will be pickled. It will change you. Those characteristics will become infused in you because I'm God and I love you. So he's given us not a spirit of fear and timidity, not one that we're meant to be scared and terrified. We will be scared, yes. <laughs> but when we let God's spirit run and take us these places, there will be power, love, and self-discipline. There will be power because we're weak and our hearts are deceitful. There will be power that they will overcome that and allow us to, to say, I'm sorry. It takes power to say, I'm sorry. Let's, let's be real there. Love. Love because people are going to be hateful and mean to us. They were hateful and mean to Jesus. He said, go be my witness. If you show love in that moment, you are being God's witness. Self-discipline because we're temptable, temptable. We're not perfect. We're not right. And and our good deeds, our thoughts and purposes, I'm going to run so hard and do this thing, it's worthless if it's not driven and empowered by God. So self-discipline, to rein in our deal and let God's deal run. How neat is that? When you choose to pursue God by rejecting your own thing in favor of God's, even if it's ugly, you're being a witness. I, I wish I could say it's always pretty and it always goes smooth and like, oh man, that thing, that went just so great. But some days when you are just desperately trying to follow God and it is just ugly, you're like, I can't believe it's going like this. And I don't know, that's probably what they're thinking right now. I can't believe this is happening up here. Um, and so, but, sorry. But 
even in those moments, if you are, are genuinely pursuing, God, what am I supposed to do here? And keeping your spirit out of it and God's spirit running and reigning, then you will see God set up a kingdom. You will see God set up some stuff around you because it is ugly and there are some really hard times. But remember, Jesus loves us. <laughs> he said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. He gives us encouragement. He's not like, look how great I am. You figure it out. I'll see you later. No, he's like, he's like remembering <laughs> Guys, I know it's going to be hard, but don't forget, the one who endures to the end will be saved. He even says, rejoice in this confident hope. Be patient in the trouble. And keep praying. Keep talking to me. We have prayer. We still have communication possible with God. We lose our identity when we do this, just like the disciples did. But that's the whole point. That's the whole purpose of God setting up his church here and using us. Is it becomes not about us, but about God. He, he made his life on this earth about showing his greatness, his awesomeness, and then making it so that we could be with him, so that we could know him. And then he said, all right, guys, you got it. Go do this. It doesn't make any sense. Why would he do this? His ways are above ours. But this is the way he's done it. He made it very clear. You are to be my witnesses. And I'm going to do this with you. Jesus came and he told him, this is, this is recorded in Matthew as he's right before he goes up. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. He's telling them, do as I have done, and be sure I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the beginning of Acts. This book only gets better and better and better. Jesus has not come back yet, clearly. He says, I, he says, I will, just as I came. In the book of Acts, we, we start to see the beginning of the church age. Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. He is real, and he is kicking us off to do some stuff. This is great. And, and the disciples, they were, at first they were, hey, I'm excited to go to heaven. I'm ready. Let's go to heaven. Let's do this. And, and he said, no, not yet. We're not done yet. And you know, I'm really glad that didn't happen. You and I, we hadn't been born yet. <laughs> you and I, by their witness, by God's power and love, hadn't carried, hadn't seen or received or heard this message yet. The church hadn't been established, and the whole host of people that have since believed and been saved, they hadn't been saved yet. I am so glad it wasn't time for him to set that kingdom up yet. What a crazy deal. Jesus left us with something to do something. He left us with something so we could do something, so we could do something, because we would be powerless without him, but he is here, he is with us. And if you were like Zoe, if you were like me, if you're like everyone else, there are many times in your life where you say, God, where? but I don't see him. Zoe will tell me that at night, but I don't see God. And Zoe says she's scared. Zoe will pray, and you know God's bigger and better than all that stuff. God's bigger than the boogeyman, and monsters on TV, and and the big bad bear, whatever you're scared of. And she says, but I don't see Jesus. And, and that's true. We don't see him the way we expect. But when we come and we show up and we look 
willing to look beyond at something different. We see him show up. Look at the history, the world. Look at the book of Acts that we're about to start to pursue. Watch how he changed the world. I hope you stay with us for these next few weeks. This is going to be something. Because look, read, we're reading this like a history. It is a history. Luke is, has been heralded, that's the right way to say that word, as a first-rate historian. We are going through the history of the Spirit of God, which we don't always see as we expect to see. We are watching the history of that unfold and change lives, and we are seeing people who are so committed to it because they saw the risen Jesus that they were ready to risk their lives for it. All they had to do was say, okay, he's not real but they would not because they knew it was so important and so critical and they knew that power was real. And so that's what we're going to be studying. And so I hope you stay with us as we go through Acts and, and read along, grab the study guide, whatever. I just hope you have as much fun as, as I do going through it. Thank you guys so much. Let's, let's pray before we go. Father, you are the best. <laughs> so far among any, so far above anything we could ever imagine or, or do or see. And you're right here with us, whether we know it or see it or not. You continue to reach out and, and then you've given us something, something powerful to know your love so that we in our houses can serve you and know you. May we desire to do just that and, and know that our troubles, our struggles, they, they can have a purpose. They can have a reason and they can have peace. And then the fruit of that, the, the response and the results of that will just be amazing. We trust you with that in our lives. And, and may we make that decision if we haven't. It's just great. Thank you so much for this time again and your great and awesome ways. Amen. Well, thanks again. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you guys have a really great Sunday.